Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Rory Vaden, and we're going to explore personal branding. If you work for a company or you work for yourself or you want to develop a brand for yourself so that you can accomplish a lot of your dreams and objectives and goals, but you're really not sure where to start, this is the podcast for you. I think you'll find great value in it. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram at Stelsner or email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. Today, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that helps you share your tweets over to Instagram. Tell me more. Yes. So actually, we've been doing this for a while now on the Social Media Examiner Instagram account. We've taken questions that we've posed on Facebook and even Twitter, and we tweet them out. And honestly, they get great engagement. So we said, why not try this as a screenshot over on Instagram? And I'll tell you, you know, secret sauce behind the scenes. You heard it here first. Those questions on Instagram are some of the most engaging posts we get. Well, I've discovered an app that will now take it one step further to where I don't need to do a screenshot. It literally shoots that tweet over as an image that you can use in an Instagram post or an Instagram story. When you say shoot it over, what do you mean exactly? So what it'll do, it, yeah, so it's not taking a screenshot. Well, let me first say this. I've been using it on iOS. There is an also an Android version. But what it does is you go over to Twitter, and while you're on Twitter, you hit the share this tweet button, and then you select Tuagram, that's the name of the app, and it will then open that up, and the tweet then shows up right there, boom, like a share sheet kind of thing on iOS. I'm not sure how it works on Android, though. And it formats the text really nicely and everything? Yeah, it formats the text there. It allows you to crop it if you want to crop it a little bit, you know, to fit Instagram's square version if you want to. It asks you actually first if you want to use it in a story or on the feed. And I could see doing this to share some people's tweets that would be really cool that, you know, shoot it over into my stories and then add some text for my own commentary over there and add a hashtag or two and ask people what they think. Does it feel like it's a screenshot, even though it's not a screenshot? Is that what I'm hearing you say? It feels like it's a screenshot in a certain way, but it's a cleaner, quicker process than me going into my own Instagram account, taking a screenshot, cropping it, wiping out maybe some some information here or there, and then uploading it and so on. Like This is 
a heartbeat versus like a workflow. Perfect. Speed wise. How do we spell this? It is Tuigram, T-U-I-G-R-A-M. And where do we find it? The easiest way is to search for that word in the iOS or Android app stores, but you can also find it at Tuigram, T-U-I-G-R-A-M dot A-P-P. Is it free? It is free. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for that brand new find. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for my interview with Rory Vaden. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Rory Vaden. If you don't know who Rory is, he is the author of Take the Stairs and Procrastinate on Purpose. He also co-founded the Brand Builders Group and is the host of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Rory, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Michael. Good to be back again, my friend. So today, Rory and I are going to explore how to get started building a personal brand that allows you to grow your business. Now, Rory, let's start with this question. Why should marketers listening right now care about building a personal brand? (laughs) Well, there's a lot of reasons I think you, you should care, but I think The primary thing for me is that I believe that more often than not, people don't do business with companies. People do business with people. They have relationships that they trust. They have people that they like. And there's just something about the connection with the human being that creates a level of endearment and loyalty that is beyond that of which most companies can ever get to. And, you know, even the big companies, right? Like Apple has Steve Jobs and you know, Tesla and Richard Branson with Virgin. Like you have, there's these personalities that seem to really advance the mission of the company's brand by having one or several personalities. And if you're a small business owner, then it's probably you. If you, you know, are in the marketing department, it's probably one of the executives. And I think there is there is a strong bond that we have with people that is just not to be underestimated. And there's and there's no reason why you shouldn't, although there's some fears that people probably have about it. So I definitely can relate to the idea that even a company like us, I have a personal brand. 
I represent yes. this company. So do some of the other employees like Eric Fisher, who is uh, comes on this show and Love provides Eric. tips every week. And he also has a, his own personal podcast on the side. And he also co-hosts our other podcast. So, you know, there's a lot of examples where there are employees that work for a company and are out there in the public and yet are building a personal brand. But also let's talk to the person who actually maybe owns a company or is a consultant, why should they also worry about their personal brand? Yeah, I, I think it's the same reason. It's your personal brand is a huge asset that you can use to grow your company. And what owner or founder or CEO wouldn't want to activate and utilize and maximize every single potential available asset to them to advance the mission of their company? So Again, I think the customer loyalty, there's just the endearment, the whole endearment factor. And I think even for internal, like if you have a big company, right? Let's say you're like, you know, a real life CEO of a, of a large organization. It's one of the best ways to communicate with the employees in your company because you maybe never see people that are levels and levels down, but they can listen to the podcast and find out, you know, exactly who am I working for here and what does he believe and it's an incredible way to scale culture, even if it's an entirely externally focused initiative. And one of the things that I heard about leadership a long time ago, which I really loved, Michael, was that the leader's job is to influence people's thinking. Mm. Like one of the most fundamental things, influence people's thinking. And the avenues that exist today for personal branding give the leader, any leader and every leader an outlet to influence people's thinking, that of their customers, that of their shareholders or stakeholders, vendors, partners, you know, employees, internal team members. And so I, I just can't imagine why you wouldn't do it with the exception of, I think there are some special considerations that we make for entrepreneurial types who are maybe, you know, as you think about your exit plan and you think about the valuation of a business, there are some special dynamics that I think you just have to kind of plan for and be mindful of. So what I'm but. hearing you saying is when you put yourself out there, whether you work for a company or it's your company, you are going to become known. People are going to start listening to you. They may start to enjoy what you're saying. And that connection leads to the opportunity for you to be able to get your message through to them, right? And your message could be one of value. It could be one of persuasion. It could be one of many different things. But the key to it all, I think, is to be someone who is known. And, and every marketer who's listening right now understands the value of know, like, and trust, right? So if you can build a personal brand, kind of like I have to one extent or another, and I know I've got plenty of room to grow on this, but when I was doing the journey and I was a central character in this video docuseries, I saw the benefits of having a personal brand. It was kind of crazy. All of a sudden, it was as if people were just paying attention more to the things that mm -hmm. I said. And I think that's one of the values as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's This is human connection, right? Like the digital world just kind of gives us this amazing opportunity to create massive, you know, to multiply our, our human interactions and even though I don't think it's exactly, it's not the same, right, as having a coffee with somebody or getting to know someone face-to-face -face necessarily. And it certainly in the digital environment is more of a one-way, you know, broadcast scenario for the most part. 
but the listeners feel like they know you. I'll, I'll never forget. I got a chance, you know, I speak a lot that, you know, I came up, that was one of the things that how I got started as a classically, I'm a, you know, trained speaker. And I remember when I got invited to speak all the way, you know, across the world in Japan and the gentleman who picked me up from the airport, it was like he was my best friend. He knew everything about me. He had listened to every podcast episode I'd ever done, read every blog article. You know, I've only written two books. He'd read both of those, but the hundreds of podcast episodes and the hundreds of blogs, he knew when my kid's birthday was. He knew my favorite sports team. He knew my wife's name. He knew when I was sick. He asked about my my wife's grandma turning 100 years old and all of these things that I was like, I can't believe I've actually shared this volume of information. And here we have someone across the world that I've never met who feels like he knows me. He does know me. He more than knew me. He cared about me. He was bonded to me. He was a part of my mission. He was a, a part of my army to get my message out literally to the world. And it was the coolest thing. And I bonded to him so quickly because he knew all of this about me. And I just go, you know, we have a chance to build, at Brand Builders Group, we call it the relationship engine. We try to take every personality that we work with and we try to create this digital ecosystem that is operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week and all these different mediums and environments, you know, several of which the listeners are probably well-versed and, and familiar with. But we try to tie it all together in one overarching strategy to where there is just these touch points and opportunities for someone to, to get to know you, to get to learn from you, to be inspired by you, to be entertained by you and to just be activated by you. And I wake up every day and go, this is the most amazing time in history. And I just can't fathom somebody missing the boat on the opportunity to multiply their influence with the, the tools of building a personal brand and just not taking advantage of it. I just, I, I, I can't get my mind even wrapped around that. Define personal branding. So a personal brand is a relationship with you as an individual person. It's you allowing yourself to be known. And Brand Builders Group works exclusively with personal brands. So we don't work with companies. The process that we teach, some of which we'll probably dive into today to help people find their uniqueness, is not a process that we will put a company through. We exclusively work with individual faces and you know, but what? But what exactly is a personal brand? A personal brand is a reputation of the things that you are known for. So I guess in a uh, another word would kind of be reputation, but it is that which you are known for and allowing yourself to be known. As a result of some sort of stuff that you're creating, I'm guessing, is that right? Or yeah, or, me the, or message you're conveying, right? Yeah, there's a couple, you know, there's several aspects of what is the message, which is probably the biggest thing that most people struggle with and that's like the very first thing that has to be done. And I think a part of what we are really, really good at with individuals specifically, then there is the mediums and the modalities at which you communicate. And then there are the methods by which you monetize that personal brand. And here's, here's a thing to know too, what a personal brand is not. A personal brand does not mean you have to be an author. It does not mean you have to launch a video course. It does not mean you have to have a mastermind or an event, or you have to become a speaker. Those are 
things that can happen. But one of the, the things I think a lot of people miss is they equate personal branding with like a small business influencer who's interested in vanity. And they, they completely miss the fact that it's like, no, you can use the, the personal brand to just drive awareness for the thing you already do every day. Let's talk about uh, where to start. You kind of alluded to it a little bit, but let's say some people listening right now are like, okay, you kind of sold me on the idea that maybe I want, and maybe I've been thinking about it for a long time. Maybe I want to build out my personal brand, but I have no clue where to start. What's ground zero? Yeah, this is a big, important question. And the genesis of a personal brand is being able to answer one simple question with one word. And the question is simply, what problem do you solve? Mm. What problem do you solve? People- With one word. They, <laughs> That's with tough. With one word. Right, it's okay. Not, it's, it's, not, it's hard. This is hard work. I think, you know, we're probably, you know, if you want, we can walk through kind of the six steps of the- We'll get there. But how in the world do you answer that question with one word? Well, let me ask you, Rory, what problem do you want to solve? Obscurity. So the, the problem that we solve is obscurity, to be unclear, untrusted, and unknown. Mm. Now, going back in time, I'll tell you that the Take the Stairs book, and this is another little tip for authors or aspiring authors, it's easy to write a book. It's hard to explain your book in one word or one sentence. Right. But the Take the Stairs book, which is a great example, right? Because Take the Stairs is a metaphor for you know hard work. There's been a million books written on hard work. Like, I love the book. It's an amazing book. You should buy it and read it. Like it's awesome, but the concept of working hard is probably as unoriginal as you could possibly have for a book. Yet it's a number one Wall Street Journal, number two New York Times bestseller. We've sold hundreds of thousands of copies. How did we take a concept like hard work and you know make it into this thing? Well, we solved the problem of procrastination. So we didn't go out and market hard work. That's marketing the solution. We don't really want to market the solution. We want to be an ambassador of the problem. You want to promote the problem, celebrate the problem, highlight, amplify the problem. That is what great marketing does is, and then you position yourself or your company or your widget or whatever as the solution. But people don't really buy you know, luxuries as much as they buy solutions to problems. And to the extent that you can promote the problem and agitate these emotional feelings and responses that we have by talking about and marketing a problem, then you position yourself really well to be the solution. So take the stairs. The early part of my career was really around solving the problem of procrastination. Then, you know, we had built a company around that, which we recently exited and got out of. And so now we, you know, we had to pivot to like a new non-competing space. And so now we're in personal branding and the problem that we solve is obscurity. This sounds a lot like a one-word mission statement almost, isn't it? it Except it, it's, it's in reverse. It's almost like- Reverse. Right? It's like the opposite of that. It's almost like I get the sense that we're about to walk through an exercise that will help us as individuals describe ourselves to the world. Is that really what we're saying? Yes, absolutely. So that's, that is a part of it because one of the litmus tests that we talk about with this question, what problem do you solve is one of six questions in the brand DNA helix, which is like our signature phase one framework. But 
one of the litmus tests we use to know if we have pegged this right for somebody is we simply say, you know, they come up with all these problems and, you know, we like brainstorm them and then you come up with this list and then we start to zero in on which ones. And it's, it's called the life well lived test is we just go, okay, if you dedicated the rest of your life to helping people solve this one thing, would that be a life well lived? And this is to me, Michael, again, a part of where I hope there's an advancement that we're bringing to the conversation of personal branding, that personal branding isn't just like this superficial vanity type of thing. This is your identity. This is like your life purpose. This is a part of what you've been put on this earth to do. And when you get really clear about what problem do you solve, everything lines up. So it is very closely connected to the equivalent of what a company might have as a mission statement for an individual person. Got it. So you alluded to this thing called the brand DNA helix just a few minutes ago. Describe what it is at a high level and then let, you know, explain how that first question kind of fits into it. Yeah. So we can kind of walk through it. But let me start by giving you the best piece of personal branding advice I've ever received. And this is something, this is not a Rory Vaden original line. This, this came from a gentleman named Larry Wingett. And he wasn't really like a branding person. He was a speaker, a very successful speaker, Hall of Fame speaker, you know, best-selling author, et cetera. But he was teaching this class and he said, this is the key. You have to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, that's good. Like that is it. Now, Larry wasn't really in the business of teaching people how to do that. And I stumbled for years, like it took over a decade for me, you know, to figure out and for our team and my wife and I to like come up with, you know, the positioning for the Take the Stairs book, which is a long story. But so the DNA Helix, the brand DNA Helix is a framework. It's six questions that someone answers. And if you answer these six questions, we look for thematic overlap. So it's not that there's a right answer to any of these six questions. It's only about what is true for you. But we walk somebody through these six questions and somewhere there is overlap and where all of the answers kind of align or sit on top of each other, that is where their uniqueness lives. And so we use these questions as sort of guideposts to help us determine what makes somebody truly unique? What makes them uncopyable? And so this is just a methodology that we've developed after, you know, stumbling through this with hundreds of people at this point and just, you know, trying to help them because most people can't answer questions, you know, simple questions like what problem do I solve? What do I want to dedicate the rest of my life to? Why am I here? Right. You know, if I had a podcast of a million people, what would I say? Hmm. You know, it's not always as easy as one would think. So you're saying the key here is to find your uniqueness and this brand DNA helix that we're about to talk about here will help people find their uniqueness. And once you find your uniqueness, then what? What's the output that can happen, the outcome of being unique? Yeah, so great. So basically the the outcome is that you break apart, you break free from all of the noise. You separate yourself from a crowded marketplace. You kind of conquer this idea of competition, not because you beat them, but because you stand apart from them mm. as a person. And we're not talking about companies, although you know these principles probably do apply you know, in some ways to companies. But again, it's like our specialty is the personality. And one reason we like working with personal brands 
is because a company is a collective of many personalities. And so there's ego, there's politics, there's a lot of past, there's a lot of opinions. But when you're dealing with a person, it's like all we got to do is find out what makes this one person special. Like what is their magic? Like what is the thing that they do that no one else can do? And there's a lot of stakeholders, but there's only one ultimate decision maker. And it's not us, it's our client. And when you stand out, it doesn't become as hard, if you will, to accomplish your goals, right? Because you're different. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like, you know, one of my good friends who is also someone I would very much consider a mentor is Sally Hogshead. And she says, different is better than better. Different is better than better. And I remember the first time I heard her say that, I was like, wow, you know, I, I think better counts for a lot, but it's like today. Yeah, there's no race to the bottom when you're different, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're in a space all of your own, but it begs the question, what makes you different? And that's not easy to answer. And then even if you can answer it, it's not easy to articulate. And if you can't articulate it, it's not necessarily easy to turn that into money. Got it. So this brand DNA Helix, why'd you call it DNA Helix? Yeah. So the DNA part is, you know, a metaphorical representation of the uniqueness of an individual person. But then the way we actually draw this out, you know, if we had a piece of paper, we could draw it out is there's six questions, but they're, they're really like three pairs. Hmm. So they kind of like chromosomes, they operate in pairs and each pair, there's kind of these two parts. So the half of the questions around the issue of who the world needs you to be. Mm. But the other half of the questions are around the issue of who you were designed to be. Oh, that's cool. And the intersection is, again, what we're looking for because if you are just who the world needs you to be, you could be rich, famous, and influential, but you could hate your life and be burned out and be totally sick or bored of what you're doing because it's out of alignment with who you were designed to be. And if you are only who you were designed to be, like if you only focus on like the things you want to do, then you may be the world's best basket weaver, but perhaps nobody cares about that and it doesn't really serve the other elements of your life that are important. So we got to, you know, we're looking for the intersection of who the world needs you to be with who you were designed to be. Perfect. So let's go through each of these questions. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about the first pair since we already covered what problem do you solve? So the first question is what problem do you solve? That's part of who the world needs you to be. Okay. So that's the first in that set. The corresponding tandem question is what are you passionate about? So the passion question is sort of an offsetting corroboration of the problem question because there are many problems an individual person could solve, and this is why many people struggle in the absence of help you know, from somebody like us, is they go, well, you know, there's all of these things I could teach. Like, you know, I could teach someone how to do Facebook, and I could teach someone how to do spreadsheets. I'm really good with spreadsheets, and I could teach someone how to do screen printing on T-shirts. And there's like a lot of – a person has done a lot of things, right? So you go, well, let's make a list of all of those things, like, you know, one – rare known fact about Roy Vaden is I love spreadsheets. I'm really good at spreadsheets. That's cool. However, I'm not passionate about spreadsheets. Like I'm not passionate about teaching people how to do spreadsheets. So while it passes through the first gate, it doesn't pass through the second gate. And then, you know, there's other things that maybe I'm passionate about that don't 
necessarily line up with you know some of the other questions that we'll get to later uh, around more of the like economic driver piece. So we want to find something that there is a need for in the world, but also something that it's like, yeah, that fires me up to do because it activates you. Like that's one of our, you know, we have all these litmus tests and this one people might think is silly, but it's one of the most important tests is, do you watch World of Dance? You ever seen that show? World I've of seen Dance? it. I don't watch it, but I've seen it. Okay. Well, I'm not ashamed to admit that I watch World of Dance because, you know, I was raised by a single mom who sold Mary Kay and, That's cool. you, know, I, I, you know, the worst part of my day is when my hair goes flat and stuff like that. But so AJ and I, my wife, and also she's my business partner, we love World of Dance. And Jennifer Lopez is the executive producer. She's one of the judges on the show. And all these, you know, dance teams come out and they perform. And every so often she'll say this thing is, you know, she, she teaches all this like technical stuff, but every once in a while she'll say, that performance gave me goosies. Mm. And she's talking about goosebumps, right? Like there's certain times in our lives where we get goosies. We have formalized um, JLo's judging criteria as a part of the Brand Builders Group framework, which is does it give you goosies? Like you say, if I spent, you know, if I die, like at my funeral, it's not about how many followers did you have on Instagram or how much money did you make in your funnel, but like, at the end of your life, if people said, you know what, the one thing Michael always helped me with was blank, could you stand back and go, yes, it was a life worth living? And we believe, Michael, that you know each person is programmed with these certain callings and that their personal brand lives in the space that is closest to their calling. So, okay, logical next question. How do we know what we're really passionate about. And what gives and, you goose? Okay. okay. I mean, okay what if ahead. I don't get a lot of goosebumps? You know what I mean? Like, am I doing the wrong thing? <laughs> How do I know? I mean, because this is a legit question, right? What should I ask myself? I mean, like, I'm sure there must be things I should be asking myself. Yeah. So there are several things. And not everybody is like, you know, super emotional and like gets the goosies. But you say, does it excite me to talk about this? Hmm. Could I talk about this for a long time? Also, this kind of actually leads to the to the next question. Do you mind if we kind of roll into the next one? Well, not yet. I think a lot of people, all right, so what are you passionate about? What what can you talk about all day long? What do you really love? Now, how do we pair that with like you said, there are a lot of people that have passions, but the world doesn't care about that. So how do we couple those two together? Like one could say that I'm really passionate about, you know, interviewing people. That's what I love doing on this podcast. But how do I couple that with a problem, you know, so that I know that this helix is solid? Yeah. Well, so when we get to looking at the economic driver, right, there's going to be certain things that you have to do in order to monetize the personal brand. And so you, the answers to each of these questions become helpful and informative along the way, even if they don't become the, the set answer to that specific question, like interviewing people, right? Like when that comes out of somebody, we know, oh, maybe a podcast is a part of the monetization strategy or a part of just the marketing plan versus someone who's like, I hate talking off the cuff. Like I never want to do anything unless it's totally prepared. Right. And, you know, and by the way, just for the record, you're the only podcast interviewer that ever tells me no and just doesn't allow me to like roll through my stuff. And <laughs> just like, oh, I get wow. emails from people saying, thank you. <laughs> okay. I've realized it's a helix and it's all, let's move on because I think it'll be clearer to me. So we know the first part of the helix is what problem do you solve and what yep. are you passionate about? So go ahead and lay out the rest of the helix, my friend. Yeah. And, and in, in all, in all seriousness, Michael, 
again, these are not, each of these questions does not operate in a vacuum. And they're not linear, right? Yeah. They're not linear. And so that's why it's kind of tricky to, you know, they kind of help answer each other. But anyways, so the next question, can I give them to them as a set? Yeah, go for it. That's the way to do it. Okay. So the next two questions, if the first two questions address kind of like, what do I want to talk about? You know, what, like what problem do I solve? What am I passionate about? The next two questions sort of address the issue of what should I talk about? Like, Mm. what should I communicate on? And the external facing question in terms of who the world needs you to be is this. So this is the third question. What do I research? Which is kind of like related to your education or your knowledge base. These are things that you study, things that you read, that you watch, that you're fascinated with, that you're intrigued by. This is also part of maybe what your formal education may or may not be Mm. connected to. But, you know, there's a place for that is like your knowledge and your education. Okay. So to me, expertise is sort of like the combination of education and experience. This is the educational component. The fourth question, which is also like more of the internal issue. um, The reason we say research is external is because those are sort of your external facing credentials that give you the credibility to talk about whatever the thing is that your personal brand is going to be about. But then we pair that off with the fourth question, which is what do I have results in? Hmm. What have I personally done? So this is an education. This is experience. This is I have walked the walk. One of the things that we also do, you know, kind of in phase one is we figure out who is your core target audience and one of the questions we ask there is, or one of the kind of concepts that we believe is that very often the person you're most powerfully positioned to serve is the person that you once were. The person that you're most powerfully positioned to serve is the person that you once were because you understand the psychographics of what that person's experiencing on a daily basis. And that is really tied to this part of the helix, which is what do I have results in? And it'd give you an example, right? Like, if somebody wants to become a speaker, like if they just have that dream, as humbly as I can say, I have got to be one of the best people in the world that can help them on that journey because I know exactly what it's like to have that dream and you know to feel unqualified and to have no idea what it takes and then to go through all of these different things and you know at this point I've checked a lot of the credibility pieces, you know, a TED talk with millions of you, a Hall of Fame speaker, you know, highly paid, yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying those things to brag. I'm saying that I've earned the right to talk about that thing. It's one of the reasons we got into the personal branding space is it's like, you know, we've actually done some things. And like you said, we have so much to learn. We learn a ton from our clients every day. I learn a ton from you. Like you do an amazing job, your team, like all the content you put out. But anyways, what you have results in where if somebody were to challenge you to go like, okay, I get that you have a degree in this, but have you actually done it? Like, have you actually, you know, like, you know, you're teaching it, but just because you studied it doesn't necessarily mean, so we look to the results. And the other thing that we believe here, Michael, is we believe that everything a person has ever done in their past has some through line. Like there is some 
reason why they did it, even if it's at a subconscious level, even if it's like I used to drag baseball fields and then I was a softball umpire and then, you know, I worked at Sunglass Hut and then, you know, there's like different things that I've done, but there is sort of like a through line to a person's life somehow, somewhere. And the results area is one of the places we look. And and so when we're trying to work with a personal brand, we look to their past to go, what have they accomplished? But then we're also looking to their future, which is more like that passion question of going, okay, these are things you've done. There's a through line to that. But then also the things that you want to do that for whatever reason you feel called to, those also give us evidence or indicators about who you were designed to be. So it's like, again, we're looking at the past and the present to try to find like this through line. So that's results or re- that's research and results. That's questions three and four. Let me pause you for a second. I love the fact that we're in the middle of the helix right now. And this is like the core, like in my mind, this is almost where I would want to start. Let's take the example of someone who is a speaker, right? Or who is an expert in speaking. It could be you. Let's just take you. So obviously you have heavily researched speaking and you desire to be a speaker and you understood the ins and outs and have had formal training on it. And then you actually went out and did it and you did it successfully, right? So That's like what you studied and what you researched and then what you actually did. Where I'm struggling a little bit is like, how do you take those things and go back to the first two questions, right? Which is what problem do you solve and what are you passionate about? I guess, are you passionate about speaking still, right? That would be an important question to ask yourself, right? Yes. So that's a great question. And the answer is yes, but there's something absent from just that. Like I was 23 years old, you know, like for me, this was part of my story was just like, I wanted to be a speaker. So I heard about Toastmasters. I joined, they had this contest called the world championship of public speaking. I had no credibility and I was like, gosh, maybe if I won the world championship, that would give me credibility. And so I did that contest. And in 2006, I made it to the top 10 out of 25,000 people from 90 countries. And I was, that's called the world championship. And I lost. And then I went back the next year. I got more coaching. I studied harder. And that was the year that I, well, I lost again, but I lost higher. As I like to say, I, I came in second and I could have just taught people to be a speaker for the rest of my life. And certainly would probably have the credibility to do that. So I am passionate about speaking, but there's something that is incomplete about it. And one of the reasons why we settled in on Brand Builders Group, which was actually a fairly quick conversation when we had to you know, decide what our future was, it was like, there's people who teach speaking. There's people who teach writing books. There's people who teach how to do you know, bestseller book launches. There's people who teach social media. There's people who teach podcasting. There's people who teach funnels and email marketing and PR. But we felt like, you know, the magic of what we've done is that we've been able to pull all of these things together and have a cohesive strategy where they're not, those aren't things that operate in independent silos, but they work towards an overall strategy, which took a kid who, again, grew up in a trailer park, raised by a single mom, you know, didn't have like access to a lot of the education younger. And we've been able to like turn that into eight figure businesses. Not that it was just me, like there's a lot of other people that have been involved along the way, but We've been able to do some stuff with that and go, so yes, speaking, but only a piece of it because there's other things. Yeah, I love digital marketing. That's one of the reasons I like, I mean, I love hanging around you. Like I'm blown away. I mean, the stuff that you do, you know, like your annual report that you put out, I was just like, it's so nerdy and amazing. And I just, I love it. Thanks, man. And I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. It's starting to make sense. Like if your goal is to find your uniqueness, 
like just speaking isn't enough, right? So let's go now we've to the last two in the helix. Okay, yeah. So so the last two are an important clue and and these are two that people often overlook. Again, I think this is a part of our uniqueness is we love making money and we love helping people make money. So we're all about passion and art and you know, all that stuff, but we are business people. So the last two questions address the economic components. So the first one is what are all the things that people would buy from you? So as you start to kind of narrow it down, you go, okay, here's kind of the problems I solve, and these are the ones I'm passionate about, and these are the ones I'm qualified to teach on, then in what modality would people buy these? So what would people buy? And it's like, okay, well, maybe they would buy t-shirts, and they would buy you know, a clothing line, or maybe they would buy some physical product, or maybe they would buy courses or retreats or whatever. There's all of these ways that you could monetize it. And this is another common mistake of personal brands is people get shiny object syndrome and they chase the latest way to make money. Like, oh, it's video courses is the thing. Or then, you know, it was video courses for a while. Then it was like membership sites. Then it was masterminds. And, you know, then it's like, oh, now we're back to events or constantly changing their business model. And in the absence of focus, we become strangely loyal to daily acts of trivia. That's one of the quotes from Procrastinating on Purpose, Ooh, which you I know, love that. we talked last time. That's a that huge distraction, here. isn't it? Huge distraction. You know, different business models, different messages, different, all this you know, distraction is very closely related cause of obscurity. And, you know, we spent a big part of the first half of our career studying that. And that was, you know, last time I was on here, we were talking about how to multiply time and procrastinate on purpose book, which was really about distraction. So anyways, you go, okay, these are all the things people could buy. But then the sixth question is what business do I want to be in? So we're going to reconcile, okay, these are all the ways I could make money given my passion, skill set, experience, problems I solve, you know, market need, et cetera. But then I'm going to compare that against what business do I want to be in? And so what we encourage clients to do, there's a couple frameworks for these. So basically there's five primary ways to monetize a personal brand. So this goes with what would people buy? We call these the paids. So there's, you know, let's say you have a giant personal brand and you go, how do I turn that into money? Because there's a big difference. You know, we know a lot of people who are like Twitter rich and dollar broke, so to speak. Right. They got lots of followers, but not a lot of money in the bank account because it's, it's not an obvious conversion always. So there's five paids, five ways to get paid. And then under what business do you want to be in? We have a checklist called dares. We encourage people to look for dares um, as much as possible. So the dares and the goal here is if you have the option to choose you try to hit something, a business model that has as many of these five as possible, which is something that's digital. So that's what the D stands for. The A is automated. The R is recurring. The E is evergreen. And the S is scalable. Ooh, I like that. So we, we look for dares. Um, you know, If we have the opportunity to design somebody's lifestyle from the ground up, we're going to tell them, okay, let's. what can we piece together that has the most you know, elements of the dares in it. And let's kind of choose that model. And then, you know, there's different ways to turn it into money, but we're going to kind of like look for the dares. Rory. So I think what I'm hearing you say is you have a process which has even sub processes underneath it and you help people that want to build out their personal brand. And that is what your business does. Is that correct? 
to build and monetize their personal brand. Yes, we that's what we do is we help people build and monetize their personal brand. And how do you do that? So we take them through a series of processes, frameworks. Um, we call them discussions, right? So each of these six questions, as an example, would be this. These are the six primary discussions of phase one. Our overall process today's been like a real fairly deep dive into phase one. Our overall process is four phases. Each of the phases is like, you know, in our world, it's like a two day experience is each of the four phases. And then we have five specialty like phases that are subcomponents really they're subcomponents of phase two and phase three for example one of our two-day experiences is called world-class keynote craft and it's just about the art of speaking that's Mm. a two-day experience then we have one called full keynote calendar that's about just getting booked as a speaker but not every personal brand needs that so those are you know we have these five sort of specialty things but everybody goes through all of the four phases but then you know, speaking books and podcasting are like the separate phases that we take somebody through. And then I think in terms of what makes us unique, some of it is who we serve personal brands exclusively. Some of it is the content that we put them through, which is, you know, completely proprietary is kind of like stuff we've created and figured out and stumbled through over the years. The other thing is how we take people through that. One thing that's very unique about brand builders group is our primary mode of operating is through one-on-one communication. So, you know, we have virtual training pieces and we have events like these two-day experiences that are pieces, but our core business model is we have human personal brand strategists who talk to our human clients one-on-one. So we don't sell video courses, even though we have like webinars and live like trainings for our clients, but it's like our real thing is a one-on-one strategist who talks to you and encourages you and helps you, you know, find your way through the roadblocks and all of that sort of stuff. And, and if you look at dares, we gave up a little bit on the digital because we said, you know, we're we're going to trade on that in exchange for recurring. So ours is, you know, it is a monthly recurring program, but they get one-on-one human interaction, which you know, there's not a lot of one-on-one in this space going on right now. Well, folks, hopefully through all the things that Rory shared with us, you can understand how you might want to get started with your personal brand. And if you think about what he just said about how he's positioning himself uniquely, because he did say earlier, the key is to find your uniqueness. And he's clearly done that. That's all a great exercise or educational experience, if you will, through through all the stuff that he just shared with us. Rory, why don't you tell everybody if they want to follow up with you or track you or whatever, where do you want to send them? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really only one thing I would invite you to do most of all, which is we actually, because we have humans, is we love to do a call with you and we would actually be willing to do a call with your listeners for free. If they want to talk to us, we'd love to actually like hear their story and hear their dreams and hear their vision and sort of like hear whatever they feel, you know, drawing them forward, maybe into a personal brand. So if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash examiner, there will be a special page that is just for your listeners where they can just request a call. And so, you know, just give us some information and totally free call. 
And usually we kind of help you walk through some of these six questions, like this first call, even though we've given them to you here, it usually helps to kind of have someone start thinking them through with you. And so we do that. And then we want to, you know, hear about your story and then, you know, we can talk to you more if it's a fit about what we do, but brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash examiner free call. That'd be the first step. Rory Vaden, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much with our audience. I really appreciate it. Oh, my friend, it's an honor. And and Michael, I admire you in so many ways, and not the least of which is your extreme dedication to serving your audience and that the litmus test is making sure that they get value. And you've been so protective of that and you've never sold that out. Like you've you've always just been so focused on that. And I think it's one of the reasons why you have built such an incredible personal brand that is trusted. And then also you know, a great company with, you know, extraordinary events and all that stuff behind it. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, I don't ask this very often, but if you're willing, would you give me a rating and or a review in the Apple podcast directory? Simply do it by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash Apple. And that should pop it up in your phone or wherever you happen to be listening. And they tell me that somehow makes a difference, but I just love hearing from you guys. I want to know what you think about the show. It's hard to believe we've been doing it for more than seven years. Hey, if there's anything we mentioned in today's show and you need the notes, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 371. And this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.